Tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Ricky TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing AfterBuzz TV after show for your favorite show, Hemlock Grove. We're on season three, episode two, Souls on Ice. Mm -hmm. I'm your host, Shano, and I am joined here by my awesome and lovely co-hosts. Hi, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini. And I am Mary Lou Mandel. And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O on Twitter and Instagram. And where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can find me on all social media at Mary Lou Mandel. Spelled weird, so make sure you read it. Otherwise, I don't know, you'll it, find me. It is spelled <laughs> weird. It's the good old Filipino way. It's good old Filipino way with an extra letter because my mom had to be fancy. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and be sure to rate and comment us because that's how we keep the lights on here at AfterBuzz TV. So keep doing that, everybody. We're going to be talking about so many crazy things that happened in this episode. So many. Wow. Let's go ahead and get started with Roman... And having Annie sleep over mm. at his place. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to ask, we were supposed to have uh, Camille, Camille. Depazi, yeah. right, um, in studio, but she canceled on this, sadly. Hopefully she's able to come Just in. Just rescheduled, rescheduled. Yeah, we're we're, we're planning time. on getting her for another week. So, do you guys think they got a little romantic the night before? I don't know, that's so hard to tell. It seems like no, because they were in completely separate rooms, so I'm going to yeah. say no. Yeah, I want to say no, too, because the whole crazy cracked-out meth head or reptoid or whatever that creature is that attacked them probably killed the mood. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're a strange, strange breed, but... At first, when the, the scene came up and it was like a mess everywhere, I was like, did they do it? But then I remembered, oh, there was an attack. There was an attack. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, no, no, they, I, I didn't think that they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, they probably didn't do it. Um, but she did clean up. Mm -hmm. uh, she was dressed in his bathrobe, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I find it interesting how that bathrobe was blood red. And she just looks so much like Olivia. I think that was on purpose. Oh, yeah. so you're still on I'm that still train? I'm still on that train. Yeah, oh. I, I, I still agree with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going there. They're just physically playing her up to be a, a you know, someone completely related to Roman. You yeah. know, it it could have you know because we don't know how old she is, right? Mm -hmm. She could be hundreds of years old. Like or over a century, like Olivia's probably yeah. a couple hundred years old, right? Because we did see her in like what well, was Pierce it? Pierce age well, so yeah. We saw we saw flashbacks last season, I believe, with Olivia, and she was like in the Inquisition or like with the French yeah. guys, like back in the day. It looked like it was fourteen hundred, sixteen hundreds. Yep, still looking gorgeous. And if she's got, if um, I was gonna say Camille, if <laughs> Annie has got, you know, this like French accent, if they're, you know playing that as part of the character into the script. She could be from France, and she could be half of Olivia's age. Mm -hmm. It could have been yeah. her child. Could be her child when Olivia was in France. Yeah. It very well could be. <laughs> yeah, but then when she was at, like, talking with Roman about, like, how do you feed... Like, he's like, how do you feed? She's like, I mean, I, I eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> and and she's like, well, who... Nobody taught you how to do this? Like, what about your parents? So she obviously kind of is missing some information on him. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that like she's been on her own for so long that she's had to survive on her own, which was really fascinating. Um, it, if if we want to jump, let's jump ahead a little bit and talk a little bit more about Annie. She did say uh, when they're in the mortuary that she had a family. She had a husband and a child. It was a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said that they were taken away from her, aka it sounded like they died in the car crash, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Which was it's interesting because they must have been mortals then. Not Upir, and they right? died. They died. Well, right. we know Olivia used to be a mortal. Mm -hmm. Oh, in, she until she did until she died and became 
and became here. really the same thing with Roman. It was a whole thing with her, like, like being bit when she was young. I feel it's like they it, they have to kill themselves in order to become that upir form <gasps> oh, officially. You have to like sacrifice to become it. Yeah, or un- or like die accidentally and then realize, hey, I'm Opir, I'm not, or just die in general. Because we saw mm-hmm. Olivia, she cut off her tail and became an Opir then that night. Yeah, and Roman died and he became full Opir. Wow, my mind is blown. I didn't. We we've been talking about this for two seasons on the third season now, and I never thought about this before. I think it's just like a full death and then you be- fully become Opir. Right. But so then did- I'm confused. And so yes. because it's. It's not like typical vampire things where somebody has to turn you. Is this already something that's in their blood, and then once they die, mm-hmm. it's already in them? Like you, you inherit this thing. Yeah, it like activates it. It's, it's activates kind of, the yeah. It's kind of like they're <laughs> they're going from a, uh, a worm to a butterfly, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Okay, okay, okay. I can I get it now. I can feel a little bit more confident. And it's not okay. something that you turn like somebody can turn you. Like if I'm up here and like you die, and be like, oh, Marissa. Come join the clan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. is it like that? No. Or is no, it still, well, like, kind of unclear? Like, they haven't given us all of the history of, like, how it works. Yeah, and the works. first book that we, you know, we find out Olivia's background, she killed herself because she cut off the tail, and then Roman died, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just death in general. Once you, like, officially kill that mortal life, then you become immortal. So what was, which like, when did Roman die? That I don't even remember. See, I'm trying to think back to season I mean, one. Like the end of the season, right? Yeah. The, the end of season one. one. The end of season one is when he died then and he, he came died. back. But Olivia died, too. Well, she didn't really die. I guess he just made it really Roman bloody. Roman slit his wrists. He slit his mm-hmm. wrists. Yeah, because he's like, you can't control me anymore, right? Wasn't it some kind of power yeah. struggle with them? Yeah. And then he comes and then back he and he like, cool, right. like, wing and shadow thing. Yeah, and oh. the blood on the walls, and Olivia's literally there in his, uh, holding him in his arms. And mm-hmm. she's like, you know, welcome, congratulations, okay. you're blue here. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I kind of remember it. now. Okay, I got it. Got it. Yeah. All right, I feel good. Okay. Yes. I'm glad we worked that out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I need a flow chart for this. <laughs> yeah. This is... Did they explore... My memory. Marissa, did they explore a lot of that in the book? Like, more in detail and, like, more like more pages than they would minutes on the show? They they explored Olivia's background more more than Roman's. Oh, but okay. everything that we saw as the audience, they showed. Okay. So mm-hmm. That's pretty much in the book. Okay. I think... I. Th- I feel like Brian McReevy needs to come out with another book, just like a prequel. Or well, he even came ex- out with a prequel for Destiny. Yeah, I did so. see Desire. Yeah, that's Desire. what it's titled. Yeah, and Which I want to read that. Read yet. It's on my iPhone right now. There I downloaded the sample. I'm gonna check it out, Brian. Cool. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about Destiny. Speaking of her <laughs> chomping down on that piece of glass with blood on it, she alluded to that last time yep, we were talking to you. There she ingests something mm-hmm. crazy, which we saw it. <laughs> it's usually the second episode too. Yeah, because that, the, makes, that makes sense. The first episode, we always get this question of what is that? What what is it that they're talking about? This creature, we don't know what it is. Who's doing this? You know, last time we had the crazy guys with masks in that cult. Yeah, right. This time we have this creature that's hunting people. We don't know what it is. And now we have her doing her cool psychic detective stuff again, ingesting the blood on the glass. And um, she gets some visions of the... Uh, does she get visions of what happened? Like the attack? Pretty what much the it? creature following Roman who attacked him. Mm-hmm. That are Like whoever attacked Roman the night before. Yeah, so it's, it's like the blood has like some sense memory, and she can kind of relive a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. which is interesting because she gets to pick the time. Like it just happens to be the time most convenient with the most information, versus like I don't know when it's going to the bathroom. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's the time. I think it's the exact the location. location. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the lo- Yeah, it's, but she knew it that like it went the to the next place. Yeah, she does. So it's maybe like the time that. It's like shortly before the incident mm-hmm. to at the incident to shortly after the incident, mm-hmm. or yeah. just enough to move the story forward. How can or just enough for the creature to turn back into human? Ooh. What? Say what? So this creature can turn back into human? Maybe. Form. Yeah. I mean, it's like wearing a hoodie. It's yeah. It, yeah, it this... has creature claw like hands, and yeah. so and but it moves like a human. I couldn't it, see it's on two legs. I couldn't see any claws. I just mm. this, so the yeah. finger claws. Really? Okay. Yeah. This person, this creature, just it. 
it had a hood on, so I can't see any of the face. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but we do hear it growling and snarling, so we mm-hmm. know it's obviously not a human. We see, from its perspective, first-person perspective, we get to see um, that it's, it senses the, the pheromones around Upir's, mm-hmm. right? But other than that, we don't know anything else besides that it's attacking Upir's, it's grabbing them, uh, it... it it only feeds on them. It takes out their heart, it seems like. It doesn't seem to, like, slurp them dry. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's taking out their heart or something inside them. Because even Roman said it went for his chest. Yeah. And then we saw Layla at the beginning, that biatch of a mortician. <laughs> Her chest was ripped out, too, so. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe something with, it's, that maybe, heart is yeah, maybe it's harvesting hearts. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, hey, the blood gets pumped through the hearts, right? The Upir heart yeah. is, it's sucking other people's life force, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's like artichoke hearts are really like the part you're going for, but you got to go through all this other stuff to get to it. And you got to boil them before you eat them, otherwise yeah. it could be poisonous. But this one's eating it raw. <laughs> yeah. This creature is like, I don't care, give what, it to me. Whatever this creature is, we still don't know. So they get to the mortuary later on, and um, we we see Destiny try to do more psychic stuff, but she's not successful. Annie contributes in that department now because the mortuaries and bloods and emergencies are her speciality because she's an emergency room nurse, right? Yeah, ER nurse. That actually makes sense because I love the line when she says half the morticians in the country are all Upiers. It's like, mm-hmm. that completely makes sense how the Upiers got through all these generations and literally the public eye. And they're hidden in plain sight and we just never thought of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No one wants all those jobs. They're weird jobs anyway. And that's, you know what? That's That makes sense. Layla, that was the mortician, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why she was trying to kick her uh, her trainee's ass and make him not want to be there because she wants to have the place to herself. She wants to, well, that was blood spattering where she could have been drinking it. But it yeah. got splayed all over the place. Yeah. But it, it ended up being that she got killed anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, you know, she kind of had it coming. Her attitude. I, I think I have in my notes. She's gonna die, and then oh yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, she's dead. She's just as bitchy as Roman and Olivia. Come to think about it, maybe that's the way most Upiers are. They're grumpy attitude. Yeah. Annie's not like that though. She seems a little bit more morose and melancholy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess she lost her family, so maybe that's why she's like that. Yeah, she might just be emotional. Yeah. Sensitive. She got the feels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she can feel people. She can feel feelings. Uh, let's. Was there anything else about Roman or Annie that you guys wanted to discuss? Um, other than the fact, you know, after when they got attacked by the creature in the mortuary, he goes into a seizure. That's right. Roman mm-hmm. goes into a seizure. It's totally unexplained. We have no idea. Obviously, it's going to be brought up next time what it is. But I. I was surprised because they fended the thing off and then they killed it, obviously. They nice su- Destiny sticking that machine in him. Yeah. Draining out the... It could be a woman. Who knows? But yeah, whatever Draining the blood, actually using it. That was very effective. That yes. was cool. And they used what they had there in the mortuary. So that was nice. You know, yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. just some, like, deus ex machina out of nowhere. It was, like, well written. Yeah, and we had seen yeah. that earlier and saw it, how it worked. You mm-hmm. know, it's not a surprise of, like, oh, you stabbed a pipe into him and now it's... Right. I actually yeah. have a prediction to that, but... Ooh. Look at oh. the end of the show. Look at there. So let's talk about Peter and the caviar situation. So we know Andres is stepping on the caviar, a.k.a. he's doubling it or adding more than mm-hmm. he should be. And pretty much screwing over the Croatians to get more money out of them, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So this is dangerous territory that they're treading into, and Peter doesn't want any of it. Am I right? He wants Andres to be safe. and Well, he just wants them to be honest, because when they find out that they were lying, the Croatians are going to ass-rape them with picks. Yeah. So... Is that what they said? <laughs> yeah, that's what they said in the first episode. <laughs> That was Not so in this good. episode, but in the <laughs> Good reach back. Yeah. So, so we know what they're capable of. Yes. We, we know they're dangerous. And, and <laughs> I forgot that that was in the episode, and I thought that you just pulled that out of the air. And I'm like, man, I will never cross Marissa. <laughs> but we get a face to the Croatians now. Mm-hmm. One of them is a very gorgeous-looking Croatian woman. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen her in another TV show or something. Maybe. But I have seen the actor who plays the Croatian lead mob guy, and he's in the show Helix on Sci-Fi, 
and he played with the security guard in the first season slash his twin, <laughs> who's like this Inuit Alaskan native guy. Drama. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I thought it was so cool to see him. I was like, oh, I know that dude. I don't know the actor's name, but I loved him as as his characters in Helix. It, so I feel like he's going to play like a bigger part here in this season, especially with Andres like stepping on the caviar. And that's going to cause trouble later on. So much trouble. But uh, they have the tongue step in and they we thought they were like gonna get away with it and mm-hmm. they have the tongue step in and that adds another level of danger right like now we have validity yeah like someone to actually authenticate the caviar yeah which i thought like this guy spends his life tasting caviar what the heck and did you notice he even had his own spoon mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and it was was it a gold spoon too? i bet that's a real thing i'm sure because it's such a high-end thing it's like people who are professional wine tasters yeah, yeah. he even uh spritzed some whiskey on his tongue and spit mm-hmm. it out afterwards Just gotta like clear out the palate yeah. yeah yeah exactly so he can taste the caviar better mm-hmm. and that's another thing i was thinking about his spoon the spoon is his. It's not some random spoon he gets from the place. Yeah. It's not this, like, different metal that he's not used to. It's a to. control. It's a control. Very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yes, Mary Lou. It's a control. <laughs> oh, that's exactly... That's yes. what I wrote down in my notes. It's a control. It's just... He's, like, being scientific about it, right? Mm-hmm. He's trying to break down the taste testing to a science. So it's like, hey, I know what my gold spoon tastes like, so it's not going to interfere with what the caviar is supposed to be. And he did take the that swig of that one alcoholic beverage yes. that would kill all the, you know, palate. That, yeah, that too. Exactly. So when he tastes the caviar, it's supposed to be like, I can Clean tell palate. if it's the whatever. I forgot the name of the damn fish. Did you write Caspian it Caspian sturgeon. Caspian sturgeon. I actually did like, uh, I did some research on this, but they're actually very accurate because um, it is an endangered species, illegal to import, and the United States Fish and Wildlife Service back in 2005 put a ban on it. So, yeah, any importation of beluga caviar is obviously illegal. And they, that beluga caviar is more predominant in the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea, which is right next to Romania, which makes sense. Mm, Yes. Yes. So good. Yes. Yes. It all connects so well. Like, the the writers did such a great job on this show. I really Mm -hmm. love it. Um, I really feel like, before we move on to the next topic, I feel like this season is the best season so far. It's so good. Yeah. We're only two episodes in. They're really ramping things up right away. It's not a slow start. Like, very, in the very, very beginning, season one, I feel like it was kind of a slow start, and Mm. then things just really developed a lot. Season two, it was better, but they still had to ramp things up a little bit. Here, it's just like every episode's a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. It's craziness. So good. Um, Was there anything else about Peter? That you guys wanted to add? Well, they're $2.3 million richer oh, compared to the 1.5 they were aiming for. Yeah, 1.5, and it was supposed to be 1.7, so they shave yeah. off 200K for Andres and Peter. And now it's up to 2.3. Now it's up to 2.3. Oh my gosh, he stepped on a lot. And he, so much. He threw the truck in for a gift. Yeah. Oh, take but Don't it. trust anything from the gypsies. Nope. Yep, those Croatians, they got it right. Um,. And then we, there was one more thing at the end. Um, Peter gets mad at Andres, obviously. Everybody's toasting Andres, but we have Peter pull him aside. And he's like, hey, man, like, I don't want to make my cousin a, uh, a widow. widow. That's terrible, right? And Peter knows. Peter, it's funny because he's trying to go straight, right? He doesn't want to get in trouble anymore. Well, it's family. Yeah, I, I feel like Peter's more family-oriented where Andres is more business-oriented. So, and I liked how Peter was like, hey, you're also, whatever you do will now affect Destiny, too, and I can't have her get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, he really cares about his cousin. That's sweet. Obviously. Yeah, and, and Andres is like his brother now, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? His family. Oh, man. So, he lost his mom. She's over there, exiled, pretty much. He doesn't want to lose his... But apparently, his... Lily's doing good, remember? She is Like, doing... episode one, they recap that. Oh, she's busy traveling. But that's... she's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Um... Uh, oh, Linda, right? Yes, Linda. Yes. So, let's talk about Olivia. She had a lot going on in this episode. We had her meet with Isaac, right, again? Mm-hmm. And he pretty much recapped more stuff that he found. It seemed like a crapshoot, most of it. And he didn't know what to make of it, but we know what to make some of the, with some of the stuff. Mm. Spivak, old picture. Do you know what this means? 
dun 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 dun. dun. And we're gonna say that he's super old. He's like an ancient reptoid creature from no, beyond. No, his dad. Yeah, Zoldman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Olivia was like, yeah, yeah. It's his dad. You're right. Wow, you're a smart Ooh, one, yeah, Isaac. Yeah. I can't put anything past you. So, <laughs> and I thought it was so strange, but he's like presenting her with all this information. Like, so she sits down in the booth, and he's like, "Here's one thing, but here's another." And just like, why don't you just give her a pile or like a folder? You know, he's got to build it up. You it make was, it sound I like it's actually it was so good fun. research, but it's, individually, it's nothing. But all together, it makes sense for the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I I did like the way he was presenting it. It was it was more drama for us, the audience. Yeah. And if I was a PI, I would do the same thing because they're paying you not just for okay, here you go. I'm gonna just plop all the evidence on your mm -hmm. desk and you sift sift through it. I. I want her to sh see my showmanship. I yeah. want her to see that I have presentive skills, and mm -hmm. I can be like, yeah, I found all this. I don't know what to make of it, but maybe you can figure it yeah. out. And here you go. And yeah. it's enough to make Roman think that it's actually good research, too. So mm -hmm. Roman can keep paying him, because Olivia really can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have any money. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That's right. So how is she? Is she giving him anything at all? I, I think she's giving most of her money to Isaac. Yeah. But we need Roman to keep thinking that Isaac is working for him, not for Olivia. Yeah, yeah, that's so. right. We do have, uh, later on, uh, Olivia's at home in her seedy-looking apartment. <laughs> which is not too seedy, but it's kind of dank. It, well, compared to the luxurious life that Olivia's so used to living, mm -hmm. it is pretty gritty. Yeah, she has no mansion anymore. Nope. She doesn't have her greenhouse to sit in and look at birds splattering themselves up and against the window. Meditate. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, she, she can't be shaving herself with the, those really nice mule German razors anymore. Mm -hmm. She's got to probably use something a little bit more $2 shave, mm -hmm. throw away. The Gillette's, man. With the little pink yeah. ones. The disposables, what are these? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we have her get visited by Norman Godfrey's old patient. That big dude who, I have no idea what his name is. I, I don't think we ever got his name. No. No. But uh, I bet you if we look up him in the credits, probably going to say Maybe. Norman Patient. Yeah, even the subtitles didn't even say his name. No, I was looking through those scenes and I was like, they, they, she was like, oh, okay, what's your number? Is it on your card? What's his name? Tell I, us the guy's name, please. But hey. also we find out that this patient is very intuitive, like he... He's very open to the ideas of alien alien life. Mm -hmm. You know, that one scene where he's listing all these alien races. So he's very open to any extraterrestrial, supernatural, extra extraordinary, you know, kind of races out there. So he might cause problems. He said there were 38 different types of aliens. And he yeah. was treating the guy on the AMC channel or whatever he was watching. And he starts like, listing them off. He's like, yeah. why don't you list it off? Why don't you yeah. be specific about it? No, it's actually pretty interesting, the list of all the races that, like, he Did started off with actual alien races that are documented. And then he started getting into actual human races. Yes, I heard that. He, that. that he also considered as aliens. It's like, okay, I can't make it this guy. But I thought there was something, I, I saw a little bit of a connection there, because he said, one of the last races he said was Nordics. Mm -hmm. And when I hear Nordics, I'm like, Nordics mm -hmm. like the Northmen, the Vikings, and who do we know that was also talking about them in this episode? And we can talk we can talk about it more later. Spivak. Spivak was telling a huge story about the Vikings and yeah. how they created maple syrup or what pancakes yeah, that, or something. Uh the one snack that they were eating. Yeah, whatever it I was. It. They looked like hush puppies or something. Yeah. I don't know. They're I don't like, know, but I loved him. He's like so puppies. creepy and weird. <laughs> yeah, that was it was so, well let's talk about it more yeah. later on. But let's let's finish up <laughs> with Olivia. So we have Olivia obviously getting hungry. She brings the information that she got from Isaac to uh Price. She plops it on his ass. She she had no presentation. She was just uh -huh. like, Here you go. Where's that nutrient? Yeah. Oh, what's a girl got to do to get some hemo around here? <laughs> He's like, I loved it. Yeah. Lost it, girl. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> you only wasn't... have yourself to blame. We were talking about this. Yeah, that was nice. When mm -hmm. We were talking about this a little bit, Mary Lou, mm -hmm. uh, you and I, before the show started. Um, he seemed like he was really short with his sentences. Like, he was yeah. like, really scatterbrained this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? He's, like, worried about other things. He's trying to rebuild all the things he had to, like, get rid of. Still popping pills. Yeah, yeah, was he popping pills? pills? What was he popping? Yeah, he popped something before Olivia walked in. Yeah, and then she was and like, she either doing too many drugs or not enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Which is the complete opposite of what Shelly's doing. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about mm -hmm. her in a little bit. But uh, then we, you know, like, later on, 
we get to see that she she Olivia has to go in search of mm-hmm. druggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has to hunt now, and she's not used to that. Right? She did a she did a lot in season one. She mm-hmm. obviously got a good catch when she got Chasseur. I'm sad that he's not in this season. By yeah. the way, is he still alive though? He's got to be dead. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, that he- was her place. So Shelly's home now. He can't be in there anymore. Yeah, yeah and it's like he was just draining out like no other yeah. in the first episode. He has to be dead. Mm-hmm. See, she should have saved some of that blood for later on. Well, that was before she flushed the nutrient. Uh, got the nutrient flush. Yeah. Because of her. I Shameful. mean, the joke's on her, really. Yes. Yeah. It, it really is. You're right. Um, but she can't go after that one guy because he was hitting meth in this dank, dank warehouse abandoned. Um and was it was meth or cocaine, heroin? Yeah, I yeah. want to say it was... Okay, it, it could have been meth, because I, I think I remember in Breaking Bad they did that same thing, but it was probably... I want to say it's heroin, based on my Pulp Fiction experience. Um, it's got to be... Yeah, it's... In the mouth. To not show anybody his yeah. holes anymore, his track marks. Ugh. Yeah, that's it's gross. It's like a lot of work. <laughs> Reasons why I don't do drugs. Don't. It's, it's a lot of work, yes. apparently. Um, but no cares won't eat you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we find out that Olivia's sick, and it seems to have happened even after, like right after uh, she went to the patient's house. Mm-hmm. She tried to take a chunk out of his neck. It sounded like an apple bite, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Maybe. she threw up the She's blood. Got an allergic reaction. Yeah, all over his carpet. And that's what he cared about more his carpet getting messed up than her mm-hmm. trying to take a bite out of him. Mm-hmm. But then she tries to get some some more hemo, like real blood this time. Good old AB positive from Dr. Price. And he's a little bit more put together now in that mm-hmm. scene, which I like that scene. A little bit. Yeah, and he's actually wearing a blazer finally. So <laughs> then we... What does he end up saying? He says something like... Oh, he said something really funny. I'm going to talk about it later on in my uh, in my little segment, but um, but he pretty much says like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, uh, oop here that's allergic to blood. Like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. What was it? Somebody said it earlier. It's like I'm, I'm interested in the novelty, or I'm pretty intrigued. intrigued by I'm intrigued the by the novelty. Yes." A blood intolerant upir. Yeah, because like how she's like he's like what she's like what do I eat? He's like I don't know, girl. Maybe a hamburger. Christ <laughs> doesn't have all the answers anymore. Yeah, there's nope. something going on with him too. Everybody has something going on with them this season where they're like the almost the opposite of how they were last season, mm-hmm. which is so fascinating to me. Let's talk. About, was there anything else about Olivia that we want to add? Yeah. What? Uh, uh, no, no, just just that the fact that she can't take more. But the photo um, that we that Olivia gives to Price that has the list of everybody's names, I actually wrote that down. I'm not sure if it, um, but we saw the Essex Conference of Epidemiology. Mm-hmm. Epidemiology. Yes. Epidemiology. Yeah, yes. June 4th, 1946. Oh, back in World War II status. Yeah. And Lime Lime Plum. What the heck does lime, that mean? Lime Lime Plum. Yeah, that's what he was yeah, saying, right? Lime Lime. So yeah, see, he's almost as scatterbrained he's as... He's a mad scientist. Yeah, he's, he's almost as scatterbrained as his mind when it was disembodied and in the Greek guy last episode. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She's, yeah, well, because maybe those experiments are causing him to, like, break apart even more. You know yeah. what? We're not around Price with whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's doing his mad experiments in the basement. He could be putting his brain uh, consciousness... And it, storing it in hard drives and then putting it back in himself and then he's just like screwing up his neurons yeah, or something. Like maybe. The, the data's corrupted. It's messing up his system. Yeah, exactly. He's getting all kinds of like, computer uh, viruses in his brain. The, I would watch the Price show, though. <laughs> I, I think we all would. <laughs> I totally would. Totally would. Uh, yeah, but so what about Olivia like making Shelly drink the pills? Because she's like, it's good. Like She's like, I don't feel anything. And she's like, oh, I... I that's good. Your, yeah. One of your problems was you felt too much. Yeah, yeah, but like, has Olivia ever had that problem of feeling too much? Last season, she was feeling a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Empathy. Was, yeah, she almost like gave up everything to be with Norman, but then mm-hmm. he ended up turning her down. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yikes. Yeah, so she's mm. like, medicate it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want these human feelings. Mm-mm. They're not fun. Mm-mm. But uh, Shelly ends up vomiting those pills mm-hmm. later on in the toilet. Um, so she was just putting on a show. But I, I'm sure they still got into her bloodstream in a bit, you know, a bit of them. And she was just there sitting in bed. Remember that one scene where she's just, like, clicking off and on the light? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really sad. Super sad. Darkness and light. Yeah. I think that there was a 
physical symbolism of where she is right now in life. It's like she doesn't know what's good and what's bad. Yeah, she's in like a limbo, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, she goes outside because she sees kids doing a normal thing. Kite surfing. Kite surfing. <laughs> Playing with a kite. Um, she, she goes to help him, and the kids obviously are afraid of her, which is mm. terrible, but she does look like a monster, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think is so fascinating about this show, um, is that the characters are all monsters, but we identify with them so much because we've like seen them for three years, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mary Lou, did you have something to say? Uh, with the kids that were scared of Shelly, I, I kind of didn't expect them to run away from her because she's been on the news now. People know what she looks like. And yeah, like, kids don't the, watch news. Yeah, but they might have been exposed to it. Like I, I almost because the the guy who was the patient had said like, "Oh, I was Team Free Shelly." Yeah. Like, he recognized yeah. her. <laughs> and if it's that much of a thing in this town, that a kid might be like, "Oh, that's Shelly." We, you know, like for some reason, like maybe it was glorified, yeah. and that yeah. she was going to get a little nugget of love. Is what yeah. I, I thought was going to happen there, but then they, her, them running away, I felt was like an easier choice, but. It leads to her her next decision. See, that's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like the kids they're outside playing. They probably never watch TV, mm-hmm. and the that dude is a couch potato, always watching TV. Yeah, so that's true. probably right. you know, mm-hmm. difference. And I think it's interesting that these kids are afraid of Shelley, whereas all of season two there was that one kid that Shelley befriended who mm-hmm. was probably the same age, and that kid wasn't afraid of her at all. Yeah. So I think it just goes. Shelly can scare or not scare people. Just depends. Who, who was that kid? Was that uh, Freya Tingley's character? No, no, no. The, the, the kid in the second season where it was, you know, being oh, abused yeah. by the father. That little boy. And, yeah. That's the boy right. would, like, help wrap her hands and whatnot. That's right. I remember that little boy. Um, yeah. So we we have the kids. Obviously, you know what? There's an, here's another thought that comes to my mind. The kids probably did watch a little bit of TV, and the parents said, "You see that monster? Stay away from her. If you ever mm-hmm. see her, she lives next door." Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's possible too. Screamed mm-hmm. and ran off. There you go. Um, but do you she think got a kite? Yeah. Do you think it's interesting when the kite flew away? It looked like the dog star. Uh-huh. Yes. And I noticed that, too. Wow, that's a really good point. Yeah. And wow. the, the way that scene was kind of set up was like Destiny's dream, or her vision in the last episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. But the reverse, because the dog star... They were coming Reptoid mm-hmm. coming, flying down, right? Yeah. Whereas, whereas the kite's flying away. I thought the kite yeah. was more symboli- symbolic of uh, Shelly just wanting to be free. She just wants to have no worries, like a kite flying around, being released into the atmosphere. Yeah, I saw that too, because, you know, all of season one, Shelly was always referred to as the butterfly. And, and you know, butterflies can fly away and be beautiful in that mm-hmm. way. So I think it would, that was another metaphor for her flying away. That's Again, she wants her freedom. Yeah, and we haven't gotten any of her glowy stuff. Did that, like, did her glowy stuff die, or we just, because she's sad? It stopped, I think, last season. Price did bring it up in season two. He said, oh, you lost your natural luminescence. Oh, it's all all your malnutrition. But she hasn't lit up since Mm -hmm. then. Uh, I guess they're spending all the budget on other things, yeah. like the transformation wolf stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. the uh, the the creature, whatever the creature is, uh, his vision, hunting people down. True, mm-hmm. true. Yep. Uh, I think it's also because she's highly medicated right yeah. now. It might be affecting her true... Because, she's, again, she's not really feeling anything, and she glows when she actually feels something. So That's right, like when could, she feels like shy or loved. Or, yeah, it could be just medically she, it's uh, mm-hmm. affecting her. So she goes to Priscilla's grave, her sister, Aww. herself, really, uh, her counterpart, and the yin to her yang. I don't know how many more metaphors I can come up with here. <laughs> but she, ta- no one is obviously cared for it. She wipes all the ice off of it, all the snow. <laughs> and she wants to hang herself at the damn gravestone. <laughs> she and how she like looks at that and it says like perfect in every way. Per- Is that what the line what it said on the gravestone? Yeah, perfect in like every the, way. The yeah. epitaph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is it? You know, I mean, if you think about it, like Priscilla's character, personality-wise, perfect in every way. And Shelly physically is not. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really sad that Shelly thinks that she's not. Yeah. Shelly was so creative, so imaginative, very emotional, very empathic. Uh, last, you know, last couple of seasons, and this season, she's just so drugged up that she doesn't want to feel feelings anymore, and she's traumatized by Priscilla's death, which obviously only happened six weeks ago in her mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. In, in the character's world. 
so she tries to hang herself. And how much do you think Shelly weighs to tear off that limb? A lot. Um, yeah, a lot. Because I feel like she's she's always portrayed very big. That's why a lot of times in scenes, I think she's sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think wasn't there scenes early in like previous seasons where she's standing next to people and she's like giant. Yeah, yeah she towers over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we can tell she's pretty tall because she's even uh, tall. She's even towering over Olivia when they walk out of the mm-hmm. courthouse last episode. Uh, With yeah. that missing button on her jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she goes a fail on the hanging. And uh, she's even saddened. I liked that how they had the music in there. Uh, I forgot what's called like diegetic music or something like that, where it's like one's in scene and one's like you know a part of what the characters are doing, and one's like out yeah. of mm-hmm. the scene, like the score. And I liked how she put in her earbuds, and that was like what we were listening to, and the whole feeling. It's yeah. like such mm-hmm. a melancholy song. And then when she drops, the earbuds pop out, and we get like a muffled version of it. Yeah, that's what she was listening to. Yeah, it was just so sad that she was trying to kill herself. And then what? What happened after that? Did she just she wants to run away now? Like we, Olivia comes home, and Shelly's just gone, gone, totally gone. So we didn't see Shelly after that. Mm-hmm. No, and uh, yeah, Olivia's just like Shelly, where are you, dear? Are you trying to mess with me? But uh, we move on to Spivak. Oh, Shelly, actually, sorry. There, there was oh. a shot where Shelly goes to that Godfrey warehouse. That oh, was yeah. it. That's right, the mm-hmm. old Godfrey right. steel she's, mill. Yeah, the, at the steel mill. And she, she's looking there, and that's it. It's funny how we keep coming back to that steel mill, because we had, uh, obviously, we had a lot going on there in season one. Mm-hmm. And then, in with the, I think it was Peter and Roman. And then we have, in season one again, Olivia goes back there, and that's where she kills Clementine. Yeah. Right? Um now Shelly's going there. She's going going towards the that one crucible thing where they heat up steel. Yeah, oh, no. more sim- much. More symbolism. Oh, things are going to get tougher for her. Or maybe she's going to have her own, like, catabasis where she, like, refines herself. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Uh, Spivak. We finally get to see him and Miranda this time, right? Mm-hmm. And the little baby, Nadia. And the nurse, Pearl. Nadia looks so happy. She does. She's grown up so much in six weeks, right? She's got, like, a full head of hair. It's like, yeah. yeah. But she's, like, a magic baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's she, really... She generates faster than... Or, like, grows faster mm-hmm. at a faster rate. Yeah, yeah, I think so, right? Um, and then we have... We obviously, we have... Uh, gotcha. Uh, Miranda. Miranda. I want to say Madeline Brewer. <laughs> we have uh, um, Miranda there across from Pearl. Pearl puts up a fight with a fork in Spivak's neck. Uh-huh. Doesn't succeed worth anything, and he spits acid on her. Oh, my God. And so gory. Oh. I, I watched that, that scene, like, three times because it was amazingly gory. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. I was like, yes, yeah. no, yeah. See, there's where the budget for special effects went this episode. Yeah, face very, melting. Very reptilian-like, though. Yeah. Spitting mm. acid. That's right. That's right. Oh, God, it's so gross. Right, but even, like, going into that scene and the way that he's talking, they're all in these matching sweaters, like, that he's probably, like, forced them to wear, I'm sure. Yes. But he's like, we're a little family. We're supposed to come out here and, you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. You know, and, and I was thinking that if, like, both of them are just, like, terrified, right? And, I, and understandably so. But if one of them had taken a different approach and just been like, you know what's really great? Snowman. Like, and just played yeah. along with yeah. it just to, like... Put him at get, ease. Put him at ease. I wonder how like, that would go down. Play K2. Mm-hmm. But we also find out that he's been drugging up Miranda, too. Mm-hmm. That, that she's taking corticotropin, no repinephrine, and vasopressin. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which all of them are, um, they release hormones and whatnot that control uh, stress response. Yep, they sound like neurotransmitters. Yeah, neurotransmitters. It, it pretty much uh, cancels out that whole flight or fight response. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So even if they were emotionally stressed, that they're so drugged up that they can't fight back. That's right. Pearl obviously did not have it activated that much in her if she was being drugged up at all but we had we had her after her face melted he threw her in that side room it looked like a laundry room (laughs) he threw her in the laundry room (laughs) that was so sad yeah and she was still whimpering in the background like oh right i think he'd munched on her later on because there was a scene where uh miranda is like putting the hammer in her uh waistband and he, you hear him in that room doing something to her, but we don't get to see what happens, mm-hmm. right? It's left up into our imagination. 
Yeah. Ooh, probably feasting on her. Probably. Ugh. That's when sound effects can just go wild. Yeah, but then I don't know if it's if it was in the beginning or if it was like later on where he's talking about her whole flight or flight response, flight or fight response. It was response. after she she fled. Yeah, and okay. then that's when we find out she was drugged. That's right, and then he re- he talks about all that stuff, and then he was just like, "Yeah, I loved how he did that because it really broke down her actions to like the most medical, like ke- biochemical terms." I thought that was so fascinating how he did that. We we really show that he is not only you know, a monster, but he's a doctor too. Probably even more brilliant with more experience than Price because he's been around for who knows how many centuries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, he was at that Essex. You know, summit back in 1946. Yeah. So, so. he he is actually a medical, legit doctor. He knows med- mm-hmm. medicine. Yeah, I guess if you're around for centuries, you can be a doctor in anything, mm-hmm. right? He could probably teach history and philosophy in the Nordic realm. <laughs> he could. Uh, if he I were could. if I were immortal, I'd, I'd probably just keep getting degrees in everything. Oh yeah. And, like, medical stuff would probably be the most useful. Because then you could be at the top of the food chain getting mm-hmm. all the money funneled to you because you're seeing so many patients. And yeah. no one would think it because you're in a position of authority. Uh-huh. Exactly. Especially the way he portrays himself, which I really love this actor and his portrayal of this character because he's so, like, he's a pediatrician. Like, always can trust a pediatrician, but don't because sometimes they're creepy. Yeah. Don't trust you know him. I wanted to talk about that scene with the family, too. <sighs> So we have, and we got to see this with Roman, um, but he gets a text message that was sent by Miranda when she grabbed their phone. She couldn't get signal. I thought that was so funny. It's like, if some girl walks away with my phone, I'd be like, bitch, get my phone back. What are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> she looked like she was in distress, like, you need a ride somewhere? I don't yeah, know. Like, I would Maybe help she her. would kill somebody, but yeah. she seemed like, you know, what's she like, a bunk ten? A bunk yeah. ten? Like. Yeah, right. I was I just so. very upset with Miranda. She had plenty of enough time to call nine one one instead of sending a text to Roman. Yeah, she had plenty of enough time. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and it would have worked too if she called nine one one. It would have went through even if there's no signal. There's always an emergency signal, mm-hmm. not just like regular cell phone service or yeah. whatever, right? So she ends up sending a text. Spivak sees when he has he has the family captive. There's kind of captive, right? Yeah. And he sees. Oh, oh, oh! You sent a message. Oh, okay, there you go, sir. Um, she goes back to the house, right? I don't think he takes her back there. Like, she doesn't he say run along or something? I forget what happens. No, he's but, like, get in the car to warm up. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. And the family gets left there. We don't get to see anything until later on. They're frozen. They're what, freaking frozen. What the heck happened? What did he Souls do? on ice. Yeah. That was so weird. And they why did the why did the director choose to spend so much time just, like, the cinematography of that scene going Gorgeous. over them? Yeah, it was it was beautiful, but it's also like so, like scary at the same time. It was purposely eerie, and the fact that you know the close up of all the eyes and whatnot, it shows the audience it happened super fast. Compared because all yeah. their eyes are wide open. Yeah, so and it probably happened instantaneously. They weren't mm-hmm. putting up their hands in fear. They didn't expect it. Whatever this was, so they must have been just going. We didn't see the man's hands, the husband's hands, if they were on the wheel or not. No, I, I don't yeah. think they were. Yeah. It, it felt like they just, like, they all got in the car and then Spivak did, like, whatever his reptile magic. <laughs> his hocus pocus. Souls on ice. His necromancer reptile magic. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Really cold-blooded. Souls <laughs> but, on ice. Freeze, people. And the thing is, though, like, little Miranda, though, he's like, go get in the car. Like, she could have got in the car and took off. And, off. Yeah. She could have ran him over. Right? She's not thinking straight. No. She's highly medicated. Um, I, I, w- I want to say a really bad pun. Ice to meet you. That's good. Yes. Why wow. Not? Yeah. Okay. All right, Batman. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I find it. Okay, what did you think of the text message that she actually sends to Roman? Hem- so what was it? Helmet smorgasbord. Helmet smorgasbord. Helmet. Helmet smorgasbord. So is that the location? Maybe. Of the, or the forest. Coburg. Or because the audience only sees the shot H E L, where we think it's help, but yeah. later on when we read the full message, it says yes. helmet smorgasbord. So I think it must be the location, right? I don't Maybe. know. All I can it's think really about to something else. Yeah, that, I think it's a location in the forest somewhere. That's they must be outside of town. Um, 
Who knows? But the only thing I can think of is back to Tremors, that 1990s movie, and he says, this valley is one big smorgasbord. That's all I can think about. I learned the term. <laughs> Let's but, get a few shotguns and shoot everything. Yeah, so maybe they're in a valley. Let's go up on a roof. Just shoot the crap that out of everything. That Tremors movie scares me so much, though. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to walk outside. Maybe they're I'm in a... little. Yeah, I know. Me too, right? <laughs> maybe they're in some kind of snowed-in valley that's like... Just like this one long valley. That's what the smorgasbord thing means. You know, it's funny. I was, I was, you know, trying to look up what the heck helmet smorgasbord means. And I actually came across a website where it is, uh, it's called Dogstar. Oh. But creepy. it's Dogstar smorgasbord and it's for snowboarding with what? helmet and snowboards. Interesting. So it very well could be a place or just a utter coincidence. It could be. Um, I wanted to bring. I can't wait to see. Like, yeah, m- m- I might be reaching find- there, but I, I don't know. I wanted to take it back a little bit to where uh, we have Spivak get hit over the head by the hammer yes. that Miranda had. Awesome. I you saw me when I was like rewatching it today. I was laughing with my earbuds in here in the he's studio. Like, Ow! Yeah, Ow! the way he was yelling Ow! was just so hilarious. He's like, ah. Like, I thought he was playing with her. Like I thought we were gonna see him look up and like let her run outside and be like. This girl. Yeah, I got <laughs> you. You're not going to go far. I got you. Yeah. I kind of would have loved that. No, so. you were laughing your head off, though. Yeah. And he had, like, his skin um, exposed, mm-hmm. opened up, exposing his reptile scales underneath, mm-hmm. which is kind of gross. Uh, then later on, he has to wear that silly looking beanie. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of. I, at this point, speed back physically isn't intimidating. Mm, so no. I think it's just his nature and what we know he's capable of, or the potential of what he's capable of is more scary than his actual appearance. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like he was scarier. I don't know, it, it goes between being like funny and comical to being super scary and threatening in some scenes. So. Yeah, which now we know he can spit in your face and melt it off, so I mean, that's that's pretty intimidating. It's gross. Yeah, and also with Nadia, we say we see that quick shot of Miranda changing her diaper, but Nadia has like two slits that look like kidney slits. That's right. Like so, maybe they're operating on Nadia, harvesting her, harvesting for her some organs. Reason. Who knows? But oh. they were like kidney slices on the side Gross. of her stomach. I'm like, what are you doing? Maybe to her? She she's just a baby. Maybe right. she grows back her mm-hmm. her stuff, her organs. I get. Uh, and they use, but yeah. that baby looks so happy. Yeah. So happy. She's but like, I love these jokes. These great. She doesn't know she's being used in medical experiments. Yeah. yeah, and then where is he taking her at the end? This like sparkling maybe pool. I don't know because all we really see are lights. Yeah, in the basement somewhere. Oh, gosh, it's so weird. I don't yeah. know. We're, let's talk about. Well, before we get to our predictions, I wanted to do a really quick, like less than one minute segment on Doctor Price's ridiculous quotes. I love him. Amazing. Don't we? We just love Doctor Price. Oh, well, watch the Price Show all day long. <laughs> Feeding from a transient. That's the medical equivalent of drinking water from the Ganges. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, One of the best things he said this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Uh, along with the other quotes. Yeah, my, my favorite mentioned. was, uh, can I keep this? Like, he was just like, what was it? Plum, lime, lime? And then she's yeah, like, excuse lime, me? Lime, lime, plum. And she's like, uh, can I keep this? Yeah. She's like, yeah, but... I, yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the best moments was right before Olivia um, walks into his office. He's on his recorder and he's saying like everything full stop. And then at the end, he's like, "In the end, I have shit." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, amazing!" That was good too. I really like yeah. that. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap things up and let's go to predictions. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Shall we start on that side of the table? Yes. Go for it. So, uh, I feel like, because I don't think we have this confirmed yet, because like there's a lot of different creatures in here that are old, but I'm, I'm going to say Spivak's the oldest. Hmm. Uh, just because we're just now starting to delve into what his history is, I feel like we're going to get something with him that he's just going to be like super ancient or from you know, maybe actually an alien. Did you look at my notes? <gasps> Is this yours? <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. I really like that. Props <laughs> okay. to that, Mary Lou. Interesting. Okay, I have a couple of them. The whole uh, epidemiology... Epi- epidemiology. Yeah, there you go. I keep pushing it. Um, that, we know Spivak specializes in that, so he's studying viruses and anything that can ultimately become an epidemic. I think 
Spivak ingested or injected himself with the virus, which then in turn turned him into a dog star. And then also, Annie, when when she's talking to Roman, she says the quick line about Age of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are they bringing astrology into this? And, you know, looking that up, I think there might be something like astrologically is going to happen. Astronomically, something might happen with the shifting of the stars. And then that might cause... An, so, I think there's going to be an astronomical event that will have a bunch of dog stars attack, hence Destiny's vision. Ooh. And then I think... I'm really going into this. And I think the dog stars and Upirs and Vargos, there's going to be a humongous war going on. Girl. We know that there's a lot of Upirs now. We know that there's a lot of wolves because all the gypsy guys that we saw in the, be- in the beginning of uh, the season... And then we have, obviously we know that there's a flock of dog stars somewhere, and he can't be the only one. Yeah, no. And and I think that, you know, that's with Destiny's vision, that there's multiple dog stars out there. So I think there's an astronomical event that's going to happen that causes all these dog dogs to attack. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a flock of birds, right? Magnetically, they're drawn to some event, right? And birds play a big part in this show. They do. Mm -hmm. Now they're becoming dog stars. Ooh. Wow, that's a good <laughs> That was deep. All right, um, I, mine's more simple, but I feel like this one is, it just came to me. I love it when things just come to you like out of nowhere, right? Like when we have our <laughs> awesome dialogue here on the show. But this one was in my mind. Olivia and Roman are affected by the same thing. I think they both have the same disease, mm-hmm. and that's why she's retching when she's having, like drinking regular blood and she can't drink that anymore and I feel like Roman is affected by the same thing because shortly after he drank normal blood and he's okay with it mm-hmm. um, it was cold he's used to cold hemo yeah. he has a seizure mm-hmm. so there's got to be something going on with both of them that's connected mm-hmm. oh yeah that reminded me of my other prediction that's really good um, right and I find it really convenient timing wise right when they just killed that creature then he went into a seizure. I think maybe he might be somehow connected to the creature. Mm-hmm. Or the, the creature is like giving off some kind of pheromones that are connected to Upiers. Yeah, maybe. It so, only got to Roman, though. Because yeah, he was in the vicinity. That's right. It didn't. Because he was the one who's being attacked first. But he, he got also, him. He target Like, he was yeah. the target. Like, oh, Roman was the target. So, I don't know. I can't yeah. wait to see what because happens. Because Annie but also, wasn't affected. But it also went after Annie, too. Right? It pulled her aside, and then Roman and Destiny came in. Yeah. So, that's why I think the Roman, personally, is is connected to this creature that's attacking everybody. Wow. We have so many good predictions this time, guys. Yeah. Wow. This is amazing. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up here at our Hemlock Grove After Buzz TV after show. Uh, where can we find everybody on that side of the table? You can find me on all social media at Mary Lou Mandel M-A-R-I-E-L-O-U-M-A-N-D-L And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV And you guys can find me at Sean Austin O that's S-E-A-N-A-U-S-T-I-N-O on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to look out for my book, City of Angels and Discontent. That's going to be coming out whenever my editor gets it back to me. Come on, man! I want to read it! Yes! Yes. Thanks so much, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.